What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller, joined in the fantasy suite in Indianapolis with Mello and Connor. Well, what's going on here? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what did this? I just walk into? Who's this? What's this? I'm giving you both a roast tonight. Uh, if you don't watch The Bachelor, you don't get that joke. But it is nice <laughs> that we are all together. We got a beautiful, beautiful view of Indianapolis up here, man. And uh, this, it's, the show's probably going to sound a little different because we are sitting in a, a the fantasy suite. a very luxurious room at the JW Marriott. So there might be a little echo in the background. We apologize for that. But we wanted to knock out a show and get right to the heart of a lot of the rumors and things that we're hearing. We want to talk about some of the winners from the performances uh, at the Combine. And then Mello and I are going to knock out a bunch of draft-on-draft questions that we collect uh, from our event at Two Deep Brewing Company. So uh, it's going to be a good time, a good show. It's nice to all be together here. Yeah, I can't wait. I think it's been awesome being here because there's been a lot of buzz about everything. And obviously, you know, we're about halfway through all of the drills. So going to pick out some winners from that, especially with the running backs and the wide receivers getting to run already. And of course, some of the biggest talk has been about the quarterbacks and what they're weighing in at. So might as well start right there with Kyler Murray. I think it's the secrets out. And if you're a listener of stick to football, I believe of, of what seems like forever ago, Matt and I had talked about how Kyler was not only picking football, but how there was serious buzz about him being a potential number one pick because Cliff Kingsbury likes him so much. I think that's the biggest thing to take away here. And the question was, can Steve Kime be convinced from moving on from Josh Rosen already? And I think we're going to get some answers here. Matt, just going back to you real quick, doesn't it feel like this is getting real all of a sudden? Yeah, and I I know I'm somewhat snarky on Twitter sometimes, but I, I tweeted this out that, You know, we've been saying this for two months. This isn't new, and it wasn't clickbait. It's not just us trying to get people to listen to the podcast or follow us on Twitter. This is legit information that I've been hearing since Cliff Kingsbury interviewed for NFL jobs. So this isn't a new thing. And, Mello, I know that people always think it's funny when you praise an Oklahoma quarterback, but I'm going to make you do it. Why? Yeah, right? I've said everything I need to about Kyler Murray. He's a good football player. He's going to get drafted number one overall. Let's move on. I'm sick Let's move it. on. I will say we were we were here last night and someone stopped by me and showed me a text from Cliff Kingsbury that was very excited about <laughs> Kyler Murray. So. And you will never be given any information again <laughs> just revealing that one. Well, I didn't say who showed me. So, yeah. I, I mean, I've talked to people that have said they've seen Steve Kime talking to Kyler just out in public. So, I don't – it doesn't even feel like Arizona's hiding this anymore, especially when you get on every media – or kind of show and go, yeah, Josh is our quarterback right for now. now. For now. Why do you are. have to say that? Well, and at the number one pick, you don't have to hide what you're doing. You right. can do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. We, you're in control of the They're whole at draft. least interested. That's yeah. the biggest thing to note here. They wouldn't waste their time. They're not trying to fool anyone here. They don't have to. No, not at all. And I think if this goes back to the argument we make on every show. If you're bold enough to hire Cliff Kingsbury, a guy that was fired from a Big 12 team. You can call him a failure. It feels be, good to say it. Be bold I'll enough to get him the quarterback <laughs> that he wants. Right. Let's talk real quick landing spots because I've been getting asked this daily on Twitter. If Josh Rosen is traded, the best landing spots that I've been told this week, the New York Giants would have serious interest. There's also talk that the L.A. Chargers might have some interest, which I don't know, Jim, about the idea of putting Rosen in there with old Phil. Well, he hasn't been too receptive of the let's bring in a quarterback of the future. I don't know how much longer he's going to play, but I don't know how well that would go over. Same thing with another team, the New England Patriots, are definitely being talked about as yeah. a Josh Rosen, Rosen landing spot. We'll see how he would work out with a guy like Tom Here's Brady. Here's my take on that. Brady's going to play three more years. Rosen's contract is four more years if you pick up the option. Yep. Why do that? Like I wouldn't do it if I was the Patriots. I, th- I would. 
If I were the Patriots, I'd pull the trigger on that. They have so many picks. Yeah. And he's yeah. everyone you talk to claims it's not going to cost a first. No. That's, it, he won't bring back. That's a huge loss. Yeah. On a guy they just traded up for yeah. in the first round last year. Right. But, but if you're the Patriots sitting there, they had Jimmy G. They wanted to keep him. If right. you can get Rosen for a year or two, play and in. And who knows if Brady will make it to 45. Right? If he wins another Super Bowl, you think Giselle's going to let him walk back on the field? <laughs> I don't know. You should keep Probably his not. ass at home. Right. God, if he wins another Super Bowl. I he think those make, 10. I don't those know. make sense, though, for him because <laughs> yeah. the Giants need a quarterback and the cost is relatively low for a guy that's viewed as a franchise passer. And New England, they're not scared to make those kind of moves. And at some right. point, I mean, we sit here and say at some point they have to find the next guy. They already did. Yeah, but they, they were just two, maybe twice. Jacoby Brissett's been pretty <laughs> yeah, good too. Pretty solid guy. So, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was a Patriots draft pick at one point. So they've been trying for this is a New York Jets legend. The guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, for no, like the past eight years, they've been looking for his replacement. Yeah, and he just keeps. They have Brian first time. So I don't know. Maybe they're okay. Let's move on to my team. So, uh, since I'm just going to selfishly run the show now. We what? talked about the Patriots. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're already uh, done. We're moving on to someone yeah, else's team. Let's go team. to the Chiefs, the Jets. Or... <laughs> yeah, my old favorite team. The one thing I am hearing this week, the, the Niners and the Raiders are all in on this wide receiver class. Probably not in round one for the Niners, but as we get to round two, round three, they're going to be looking for a primary target. For Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I do think that listen, if Bose is there too, he's obviously going to be the pick. I, I think if Bose is not there, we could see a trade back scenario. But I think in round two, we could see them go receiver or DB. That's where I've, I'm hearing the Niners targets are. For the Raiders, I think at 24 and 27, assuming they go edge or D line at four, they're a team that I think wide receiver, DB. That, that seems like Mellow's guy's range with Nikhil Harry to me. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I think he's going to fall into that range and probably be. He's my receiver one, obviously, but I think he's going to be more two, three, three guy drafted. So you look at guys like A.J. Brown, who will probably be off the board. Everybody loves D.K. Metcalf. I think he probably goes in top 15 after he runs the 40 today. So that would put, for me, in my opinion, Nikhil Harry around that Raiders area. Who did himself a large favor on that 4-5-4. You're that, damn right Everyone's did. question was speed. And yeah. he went out and he, I mean, the first, it took him a little couple starts and he, I think he ran a four, five, nine. Then he got it down to a, you know, four, five, four, huge for him. Mellow's like Float, Mello. a few good, <laughs> yep. a few good men over there. You're goddamn right. He did. <laughs> <laughs> did you order the code red Mello? Uh, no, Nikhil had a good day. AJ Brown from Ole Miss had a good day. Those guys we'll talk about in the winter segment for sure. Uh, another uh, note that I've picked up from being here for a week, waiting for you guys being lonely, eating meals by myself, like a loser is that the, Chiefs, a team that I think is one of the most exciting teams of football right now, and the Jets, a team that is not one of the most exciting football, unfortunately. It's all right. <laughs> both looking to improve the center position because you got these young quarterbacks. They want to protect them. So I think we'll see Mike McCagnan and Brett Veach at some point, whether free agency or early in the draft, address the center position. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it starts with a guy like Matt Paradis. I know you've heard some Mitch Morse rumblings there with yeah. maybe the Jets. I mean, and what do they do if they get stuck at three? Can you take Jonah Williams and play him at center? There's a lot of different options there. I'm, I'm not the biggest you, fan. You can see my face. <laughs> yeah. And, and this goes back once again to the trickle effect. If Kyler Murray goes first overall, the Niners won't move and they'll take Bosa. What did the Jets do at three? There's if they got to get out of the pick. Josh Allen. Maybe if they get stuck in the pick. How would you feel about that? If it goes Murray, Bosa, Josh Allen. Not super excited. Yeah. Just okay. I would love for them to get out of the pick, get a second rounder back. And listen, this is a team with what, 38 players in the roster right now? Yeah. They have a lot of holes to fill. They can't even feel the team right now. 
So you can't go into this draft with. It's like my high school team. We had that, to practice half line. Yeah. You know, like, because we didn't have and everyone played players. both ways. Well, oh, yeah. and you yeah. still need a lot of weapons, too, on that team. Totally. Receiver, running back. I don't know if they're going to address it in free agency with guys like Le'Veon Bell, but you need some draft picks. You got to fill some roster spots. Well, you could. I, I think there's going to be speculation, and I don't want to steal your buzz here, but like, no. Leonard Williams could be traded. Darren Lee could be traded. Like, they, with this new defense they're running, we could see some guys moved. Without a doubt, and I think there'll be a lot of additions in free agency specifically on that side of the ball. I know all the talk has been around Le'Veon Bell, and everything I'm hearing is that he's not going to come out day one of free agency and get the money that him and his agent think they are. That 15 to 16 to $17 million per year isn't a very realistic target right now. Now, that can change if more teams get in the bidding, but the only teams I've heard connected to him and, and not even like super highly where they'll come out with all of the money day one is the Jets, maybe the Eagles and the Bucks, but they have salary cap problems to figure out with that, and maybe Baltimore, but they have a lot of guys to bring back. So, Tampa. Well, yeah, Tampa but, just seems like the most logical foot, but yeah, money. And, and they're going to let Quan Alexander walk, so maybe that's where they get some of that money. But you have Donovan Smith, who I, I don't think has been yeah. great, but you know their GM prioritizes bringing him back and helping that offensive line for Bruce Arians as he rebuilds Jameis Winston's career. So. The Le'Veon market right now is just not as hot as I think many expected it to be. Well, I think if you want to start negotiations with Le'Veon Bell, you bring him in and you put his ass on the scale. Because if it's around 260, there's no fucking way I'm giving him a big contract. Maybe like a two-year deal tops. But if he's at 260, that tells me he hasn't been doing a whole lot of training. And a guy who sat out for a year and then gained some weight like that, it, it red flags all over the place. Yeah. I, I don't know where the market is for him. It's it's we've talked a lot about dominoes in this draft or this offseason. We needed them to fall. And he's such a big one. And we just don't know what's going to happen. It's crazy. We're recording this on Saturday morning because Connor's out Sunday when we would normally record. And we're like watching the quarterbacks throw. And this is a perfect segue because I want to talk about Tyree Jackson. That man has made himself money this week. And it is shocking to me because I watched him. We all watched him at the Senior Bowl and thought, God, he kind of looks like stiff and heavy. He ran a four five nine, that Yeah, is. like Russell Wilson style 40. And look how big he is. Isn't he one of the biggest quarterback prospects ever? He's like a true 6'7", 249, 6070. And he he's has start getting a that cannon. Ben Roethlisberger comp. He's like, going to hear that Cam Newton come. He has a, he has a weird arm. throwing motion, though. Yeah, but the, I do want to talk about Tyree Jackson, and I, I told the guys at lunch, I think he could be the fifth or sixth quarterback drafted this year. Probably in the third round, right? Teams are all in on traits. Yeah, second or third round. And I I had him graded as a third-round player uh, when draft 400 stuff started, but uh, the speed and just being able to watch him in drills today is encouraging. And then you he, start talking to scouts and coaches about how is he doing on the whiteboard, and he's – He's very raw. I mean, he's someone who, until he signed at Buffalo, he'd never like had a quarterback coach ever. No one like really trying to help him learn the game and mold. So he's a raw prospect and someone who like I'm watching him throw and watching Daniel Jones throw and I'm like, it's gross. Tyree Jackson throws a beautiful ball. Yeah, as well. So look at these quarterbacks: Kyler Murray, Haskins, Locke, Jones, and then like we talked about earlier, who do you get into? Then it's going to be guys like Tyree Jackson, who is doing a very good job here today and. From what I've seen so far, it looks a lot better than Daniel Jones does. I don't want to turn this into a Daniel Jones bashing session, but we still don't like the guy. No, we can. It's always our favorite segment of the show. (laughs) Time to kill the new Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones. But, I mean, it's been an interesting combine so far. I think a lot of guys overall, and we're going to get into winners and losers, but just to stay kind of on the buzz track, 
have cemented themselves as the players we expected them to be. I mean, you look at Nick Bosa, he's given you zero doubts so far that yeah. he's not the top guy. I mean, you said it, Matt, he has the perfect build for an edge rusher. He really does. And you look at Ed Oliver coming in at 287 pounds. That's well, a huge and win for like him. six foot two. I thought that was huge too. Yep. Yeah. I think we almost got into the guilty thing that basketball players do all the time. You'll get a guy like LeBron who starts out at 6'8, 245, and then every year he gains like five pounds. And then people talk about LeBron, and it's like, oh, my God, this guy's like 6'9", 280. That's not the case. I no. think we were guilty of like, all right, what's Ed Oliver going to weigh in at? 285. Next week, oh, he's probably going to be like 280. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we had him down to like 265 yeah, we before did. he weighed in. So that is great news for Ed Oliver and all the if Ed Oliver Only supporters. I could lose weight the way we lost weight for Ed Oliver. <laughs> Just like, speak it into yeah, his right. existence. Every week Man, he lost He's really pounds. looking 245 <laughs> right? this week. Yeah. And that's why teams want him to work out as a linebacker. But – you know, staying on some buzz items here, one thing that I've heard from talking to multiple teams is basically anyone that has any kind of salary ramifications is on the trade block. The Chiefs are calling everyone to get rid of Justin Houston. You know I'm in on No, it. No one wants to take on that kind of money. The Giants have done the same thing with Olivier Vernon. No one wants to take on that kind of money. Nelson Aguilar is on the trade block. I've heard some rumors that the Browns would consider moving on from Duke Johnson after extending yeah. him because they have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb there. So... And that's interesting to me because Kareem Hunt's probably going to face a suspension. So are you really ready to move mm. on from a productive pass catcher like Duke? I don't know about that one, but it wouldn't shock me. So a lot of guys on the move, a lot of franchise tags coming for the priority extensions that can't get done. But one thing I'll say is before free agency really hits, I do think there will be some significant starter level trades made and across the NFL. It probably, I mean, those trades are happening here at night. Yeah. The, the groundwork is being laid. Of we saw the last, big one, Antonio Brown, right? And we saw it last year, man, with uh, the Jets and Colts, they pulled the trade the week after we were here or two weeks after we were here. Cause I woke up in Nashville to, and I've told this story before to like a million notifications about that trade. So good old Nashville. We're back guys. And it's winners and losers time. This feels like a bleacher report podcast. Oh, man, it's been a lot. Yeah, winners and losers. I mean, I'm going to be saying that at the end of the draft on day three. I can't wait. Can't wait for you setting me up. Who you got, dude? Uh, I thought you meant for the draft. I was like, already? Like, (laughs) shit. I'm so scared. uh, The the Niners. (laughs) The Niners. Uh, Oh, God. He looked at me like I had a gun in my hand. Like, what do you mean already? It's been a long week. Uh, My first winner, I'm going to start with Hakeem Butler. Um, someone who we've tried to figure out where he fits in this wide receiver class, running a four four nine at six foot five with his frame, like that's such a big win for him. And I know that, like time speed doesn't necessarily mean play speed, but that that was just the big knock on him was how fast is this guy? Now that we see we have a number on it, okay, we know how fast he is. Six five two twenty seven. He's the best high point receiver in the draft, and he ran a four four nine. I he won't be my number one receiver, but he kind of gets into that conversation now. I mean, it's a huge weekend for him. Uh, and he's, I know teams had requested for him to work out as a tight end because he's that big. Yeah. But when you go out and run like that, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, you're in the Noah Fant kind of speed range. So, really, really good weekend for him. I think it's, for me, it starts with Miles Sanders, someone that, for whatever reason, has gone underrated in this running back class. I, I mean, former five star had to wait behind Saquon Barkley. It's never easy to be the guy after the guy, and I think that's always hurt Miles Sanders, or at least the opinion of him. One out has tested absolutely fantastic here, and you see it on on the film. I mean, he's elusive, great jump cut. He can make the first guy miss over and over again. I think he has better hands than given credit for. So if you're looking for someone that has not been commonly thought as a top five running back in this class, but most definitely is, for me, it's Miles Sanders. Yeah, and 
you talk about his production. It's almost like those Georgia guys. There's so many good running backs at Georgia that they can't all get on the field. That's what Miles Sanders was at Penn State. He's a very good running back. You just had one of the best that we've ever seen at the position in front of you. And for my winners, I could go in a number of different directions here. But I'm going to shout out myself. Can I make myself the winner? Oh as making Nikhil Harry my receiver number one, and then the dude comes out and just balls out, runs a 4-5-3-40 when everybody else said, like, oh, 4-6, maybe even 4-7. No, sir. This dude can run. He can do everything for you. He's receiver one for me, and he he's earning it here at the Combine. And I, I should point out, we're recording this Saturday at – Two o'clock. So not everyone has run yet. Like DK Metcalf hasn't run yet. So doesn't you, matter. It, but if somebody comes out, like <laughs> wouldn't change anything. If they like break the record, they're like, "Why didn't you idiots talk about him?" Because we're we're you know we're recording Saturday, and you hear this Monday. Melo, who do you have as a loser here? For my loser, I'm going with the offensive line position. You should have said me. And I Matt. thought you were going to say you idiots <laughs> for doubting to kill Harry. Yeah. No, no, everybody knows that one already. So I'll give you one that is not as obvious. I'm going Greg Little. Greg Little came into the season. Everybody thought he might be the best tackle in this class, and then he comes out and he looks very unathletic. Jumps 25 inches in the vertical. I, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. They set that thing at 24 inches. Yeah, they do. Like, he barely hit the marker when they the set it. Yeah. So that's just terrible. It shows a lack of explosion. And we look at guys like uh, Brown last year from Oklahoma. It, the combine really hurt him. The vertical was one of those drills. And then another one, the 40. 5-3-3 in the 40. He just doesn't look like he's athletic enough to play left tackle. He's going to definitely lose the day and lose the weekend here if he doesn't do something in drills. Which is wild because he was kind of billed as a more athletic guy over yep. summer. And I think fairly because coming out of high school, he was the real deal. Top recruit. I mean, a lot of high expectations there on that offensive line. And I just I didn't see it on film. And then you come out and have a weekend like that. Super disappointing. Another one that's disappointing because we did like his film. And I know he was a great interview with you guys. Isaac Nada, that 4-9 in this tight end class just isn't going to do it. So many guys ran so well when you talk about Irv Smith and, you know, Noah Fant, those guys are going in the first round. TJ Hawkinson, sure, the 4-7-4 is not great, but he's still going in the first round probably because he could block and catch everything underneath. You know, Drew Sample, a lot of guys came out and performed really well, and Nada just almost didn't even meet the threshold in that 40, and that has to scare some people. Especially he compared himself to Jordan Reed, and Jordan Reed's one of the most explosive tight ends in the NFL when he's healthy. I think he looks better on film, but at the end of the day, it, it still raises your eyes and go, is this guy now a late day three kind of pick? Yep. Yeah, and even through the drills, he looked slow today too. So maybe we'll find out that he, you know, sprained his ankle or something like that, and didn't come out and play because he does look he looks much faster on film. Yeah. Uh, so my loser, uh, Elijah Holyfield, and I, I had my fun on you Twitter. Had little jokes. <laughs> I had my little your little stories, your little zingers yeah. in there. I wish his dad would just break in this room like Mike Tyson in the Hangover. I'd be punch all three. I, of I would jump out the window <laughs> yeah. instead of face Evander Holyfield. Face that death. <laughs> I would the jump out the twenty fourth floor. <laughs> yeah, I'd hide behind Big Country. <laughs> Good sorry, luck. He's sorry, gonna punch through him. <laughs> yeah. He's a big target. I, I'd get behind him, but. Four seven eight unofficial is really bad, and like I know he's, he's still not running fast. Yeah, he's still. <laughs> I want to watch him in Orlando Brown race. Uh, God, speaking of me making people mad, there we go. And I, it's just bad. And I know he's not fast. That's not his game. You can watch him play. And like, oh, he's physical. He's patient. But there's a like you said, there's a threshold. Like you have to. Your job is to run away from people. Well, and we were look fast enough. We were looking at forties earlier today at lunch, and we pulled up a quarterback who's very good and not known for his athletic ability. That guy was Peyton Manning, and he ran into the four eights. Elijah Holyfield yeah. ran a four seven eight. Are you kidding me? Like we've all seen Peyton Manning play. They have a 
comparable 40 time. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's really bad. And I, I still like his game, but this affects him. And we talk about time, like people will say the combine doesn't matter. It does matter if you fail. And, and he's basically failing at this. So um, it's just it's not a good look from him at all. One more winner from you, Matt. Oh, man, I'll go Garrett Bradbury. Uh, someone who I liked his tape a lot, and then I started getting in my head about how strong is he. But watching him through drills, he's just so fluid. So if you're a team, the Kansas City Chiefs, that runs a zone blocking oh, scheme, perfect. he is so perfect for them. Like Just his ability to move. He gets to the second level better than any center prospect I've seen since Ryan Kelly. Oh, he kills linebackers in the ACC. They had no yeah. chance against him. Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, he has a lot of starting experience. I believe he was a captain there. I think there. he could go late first. I, I really think do. so, too. I was going to ask you, like, where would you project him? I don't know. Like, the you Chiefs know what? can't get their hands on him in a second. It's going to suck when the Patriots just draft him at 32. And then get Isaiah Wynn back right. and just beat the shit out of him. I mean, David Andrews isn't bad, but, like, Garrett Bradbury would just be a great fit for them. Yeah, I, I love him. And once again, I mean, what you saw on film, you got here at the Combine, and that's always – that does count as a win. I know we say don't count it twice, but when you come out and you show out and you do even a little better than expected – I think another guy like that for me is McCall Hardman, where I've been saying for weeks, hey, he's going to run really well. You go out and you run a 4-3-4, and I I believe he put up 17 bench reps at 184 pounds. That is impressive strength. For somebody that, when you talk to scouts, all they do is rave about his work ethic and his personality. Once again, former five-star, track speed. Now you're talking about excellent, excellent strength considering his body weight. If I mean, a little refinement as a receiver and you have a legitimate special team vertical threat that can do a lot. So I'm excited about McCole Hardman. And I think, yes, there are a lot of promising receivers at the top of this draft, whether it is guys like Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Nikhil Harry, Kelvin Harmon, the, the big body targets. But don't overlook a guy that's smaller and can just absolutely burn you in Hardman. Yeah, I really like Hardman. So. I'm pointing at Melo, and he has no idea. I would say your guy, Dwayne Haskins, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about him today or not. No, I, I'm not going to mention him because he he ran a five in the 40. I, I'm fine with that. He's not a runner. I don't care what you've heard on other networks. <laughs> so I'm fine with sure? that. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. No, I'll give you one more winner for today, and I'm going with Paris Campbell. I've been all over him since the beginning of the year. I loved what he was able to do here at the combine. He comes out and runs a 4-3-1. I as of right now, that's the fastest we've seen so far. I think he's a do-it-all receiver. And if he, like I've said before, if he can show this weekend that he has hands, he he's going to be an elite-level receiver. You know someone's going to send you a picture of him with showing that he does indeed have two hands. <laughs> well, not every prospect could do that last <laughs> yeah. year, Matt. They so show that he has to hands. Go. He's going to get drafted. I like Paris Campbell, and I still think that Monday, when you probably when you guys are listening to this, that Kendall Sheffield's going to beat that time. Mello, it's draft on draft time. Just me and you, Connor, had to book it out of town, get a flight back to Jersey so he could get a little pump in. A little pump for Connor. He said he was going to work out today. I don't know. About to get my pump in. There it is. That sounded good. Uh, So Mello and I are still in the fantasy suite in Indianapolis, and we had our event last night. We're recording this Sunday. We had our event at 2Deep. Thank you to everyone who came out. Thank you to the folks at 2Deep. And we collected draft on draft questions on post-its so, on paper on paper so Good luck um, with that handwriting here's what happened we recorded the first half of the show and then dk metcalf ran his 40 which was completely uneventful like no news there nothing big and he ran a 433 which set the internet on fire so before we get to draft on draft i wanted to talk about what this does i saw all the overreactions people just trying to piss me off saying that he should go number 2 overall no, he should not. Let's talk about the fact that he turned in a historically low three-cone and short shuttle time, which 
those drills are very important to judge agility, balance, change of direction, flexibility, yeah. all key traits for a receiver. I think those drills are more important than the 40 time. Like the 40 time tells me you can run the nine route. Like congratulations there. But what else can you do? And that's what you and Connor and I have been talking about. Like we got to go back and really watch his route running because um, it's been a while since I've seen him play. But I had questions about that. I had questions about his hands and his route running. I didn't have questions about his speed. So him coming in and running a 4-3-3 is awesome. But that we already knew he was going to be fast, that his play speed was good enough, and that he was a huge receiver. So going back and looking at how does that uh, three-cone drill, how does that match up with what we've seen on film? Yeah, and again, the three-cone time was, uh, let me find that for you, and I'll get it to you. It was 7-3-8, which is in the two percentile. Not and his good. short shuttle was 4-5, which is in the third percentile. Yeah, it's so like 97% of people at the combine ran faster. Yeah, 97% of receivers, receivers yeah. historically ran better. So, yeah, it's cool to like get hyped about it. I personally think Montez Sweat running a 442 unofficial at 260, at 260 pounds is more impressive. Or Rashawn Gary running, uh, I believe, a 456 four, yeah. at 270 ish pounds. Those times are more impressive to me. Like, I get it, 433 is flying, and the guy looks like the Incredible Hulk. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. huge. Um, he's an Avenger, basically. Well, I mean, we see stuff like that all the time where guys do that. It's how does it transition to film? What uh, does it match up with what we've seen so far? And going back and looking at that three cone, I think is going to be the most important thing for him. Yeah. Um, and again, guys like Quentin Williams look very good. Uh, Nick Bosa came in faster than his brother, which is uh, something you could not say. No, definitely not. But you don't want to catch me on that bench. No, I don't want to catch you on that bench. <laughs> Neither does DeAndre Walker, apparently, the only player you've been able to. Um, let's get to the draft on draft questions before I just go off the rails here. First question from Dan Barnes. <laughs> Did you do I that on purpose? No. no. <laughs> it says, I'm writing this, so it seems like I'm asking a question, but I really want to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so he just didn't want to talk to people at the event anymore. And you know what? That That is relatable. That at is. some point, it's just like, all right, I got to take a piss. Sean McVay, please leave me alone in the bathroom. Right. Uh, happy it's birthday, true story. Barnes, though. All right. This one from Brendan Albert. Would you want free agency to happen before or after the draft? I would say after. Because with the draft, if you go out and you know you need a receiver, you, you can get a receiver. But if you miss on one in the draft – you have to fill that through free agency. And you can do it a lot easier through free agency, I think. I, I agree. I wish that it was the other way around, that it was the draft first. And traditionally, because you also, like, you in, in if I ever, you know, go the Mike Mayock route, I would try to draft for need. Or not, I'm sorry, I would try to yeah. draft for talent and sign for need. Yeah. So you, I would you rather can go back first. and fill right. holes. It just makes right. sense to me. So, yeah, I would love to do it that way. All right, this one, no name. Kingsbury hired a lot of Lincoln Riley discussion. Who are the next college coaches to get NFL looks? I mean, you said it right there. It's Lincoln Riley. Yeah, it's Lincoln Riley. If he ever decides that he wants to jump ship from Norman, like NFL teams will be waiting with huge fat checks. David Shaw at Stanford is the obvious one. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. I don't know if he's ever going to leave, though. Yeah, and those were kind of the guys that were already rumored and always are. Chris Peterson at Washington. Yeah, the Iowa State coach, Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. That's Connor's guy. I think he wants him. He'll probably be the next coach of the Jets. When Adam Gase's googly eyes get fired. Up next, no name. Best quarterback option for the Dolphins in 2019. 
Nick Foles. Yeah. Okay, so I I like that you didn't go the draft route because they're going to miss out on Kyler Murray. They're going to miss out on Dwayne Haskins. They're probably going to miss out on Drew Locke. So instead of drafting Ryan Tannehill again and taking Daniel Jones, you would go Nick Foles? I would if it were me. If I were the GM of the Dolphins, that's the move I would make. So here's what I would do. Let me do a little research. You are going to trade five players. <laughs> you would trade every player they've drafted. In the second round, oh, they pick a 48. That's too late. I was going to trade for Josh Rosen. At 48, I th- I mean, you could pair it with like a two and a three. Yeah. I think at that point. You could do at 48, they have 79. I don't think that two and a four would get you Rosen. No. But I think a two and a three would. That's just so late. Yeah. My my Rosen take right now is that Washington's going to do it. You think so? I could see them doing it. I mean, so many quarterback needy but teams. I could even see them being like, oh, we'll trade you 15. Uh, the Redskins, I could see yeah. them pulling the trigger on that for sure. Not that they should, but I could. We should have people write their names, apparently. <laughs> so another Dolphins question. Can Kenyon Drake carry the Dolphins' backfield, or should they go elsewhere? Uh, I think he can carry some of the Dolphins' backfield. Right. But not all of it. You need a back to pair him with. I think they tried with Balage and I could see them being a Josh Jacobs player. I could see them being a Tevin Coleman player for agency. Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell as another potential. So uh, that that feels like a team that, like you said, Mello, it's not just going to be one fix unless you can get Josh Jacobs at thirteen. But they have this huge need at quarterback. If they don't fill that in free agency, then then you're just going to get your running back killed for a year if you take a guy like Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of Dolphins questions. We don't get those very often. So I was surprised last night at the the two deep event how much like disparity there were among fans. Like there there weren't a lot of Colts fans. There were mm-hmm. Chargers fans, Dolphins fans, Raiders fans, yep. Chiefs fans. Yeah, from all over. Yeah, it was cool. I liked that part of it. At Ranched Cruz, thank you for. This is another Dolphins question. Oh, my God. Should the Dolphins trade or keep Xavier Howard? I think you got to keep him. I would keep him, too. I think uh, I remember answering that question last night, too. You have some talented pieces in that secondary. It's almost one of your strengths. I think you you fill in a couple more roles there, maybe get a safety, and you have a pretty solid secondary, and you can build off of that. Yeah, and I'm not always like, oh, trade everyone, see? so <laughs> Yeah, keep him. I thought they were working on a new deal with him. I thought so, too. Yeah. So, so I think he will be there. Yeah, and he'll be a free agent after next year. So I understand this is the time where you're like, oh, should we trade this guy or um, to try to get something for him? I would just, I would keep Xavier Howard. Yep. Will this question be about the Dolphins? Probably. Or from Dan Barnes. How did DK Metcalf get so fast? From Kate. Oh, hi, Thanks. Kate. Kate. Um, what did genetics. I say the other day? He won the genetic Olympics, the genetic lottery. Yeah, the genetic gene pool. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not fair. Um, yeah, people People are just naturally gifted runners yeah. sometimes. And then some guys work their ass off and they get fast. I yeah. think you can just, you're either fast or you're not. I agree. You can do some things in the 40 to help your time. But you were just, you were either a fast person or you were not. Yep. From Ross, who's a day three guy you're confident will start next year? I think you'd have to look at the linemen. I think linemen a lot of times can plug and play as far as day three guys. Who's your Puna Ford this year? I don't, one? I don't know if I have one this year. Because you hit on Puna Ford. Like, we don't talk about that enough. Like, you called it, said, like, this guy's going to be a player, and he goes undrafted and immediately comes into Seattle and starts. It's like a, a foundation piece for them. 
Yeah, a Gary Johnson comes to mind, but I don't want to stay with like Texas. Right. But he's very athletic. I like Gary Johnson. I think in the right situation, he could really flourish and do some things. One of my, because I keep having sleepers, like, oh, this guy's my sleeper. And then uh, they like do really well. And they're like, oh, well, yeah. not a sleeper. Like Montez Sweat, <laughs> who probably put himself in like the top, top 10. 10. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my list of someone that I. Trevon Wesco, I like a lot. He's like yeah. an H-back out of West Virginia, but I like him as a sleeper on day three. Um, Ty Brady, or Ty Brady from Marshall, dude, has great hands. I like him. I really like the receiver out of Toledo, the little one. He's, his name's escaping me right now. Deontay Johnson? Yes, I really like what I've seen out of him so far. Yeah. I think he's a day three guy. He's just so quick, had some production last year. Looks pretty good. Uh, digging into the film, I liked what I saw out of him. He's a special teams guy, too. He's a sleeper for me. Been, I, like I, No one I've heard talk about him yet. Really? Yeah, I like that. All right, uh, next question. This is hard to do. Like, Oh, they, this person did hashtag draft on draft. I appreciate that. <laughs> From at J underscore ruddy 96. After DK Metcalf's combine performance, would it be crazy for a team, wide receiver needy or not, to trade up to number one to draft him? Yes. And I quit the podcast. <laughs> it would be crazy. It would be insane. I, I don't think he's better than A.J. Brown. I think he goes top five, though. To who? The Raiders. Uh, maybe. They need edge rushers. Like, Al Davis, yes. Yeah. But I think Mike Mayock is smarter than that. You think I that really do. do. What about Tampa? Tampa has Evans, so they're probably all set. Yeah, and they have Chris Godwin. Yeah, who's now, at six? The Giants are going to take him at seven. They need a receiver. The yeah, so Bills top at eight. Ten. Yeah. Did I, I make a bet with someone last night about? I don't know. I didn't talk to you last night. Yeah, that's true. I think I might have made a bet with somebody about someone going top six overall, and I want to say it was Daniel Jones. So I'm, he's not going top <laughs> six overall. I know that's what I said. All right, here we go from Anth Oreo. What's up, buddy? Who, what's the best duo Indy could get this offseason? One free agent, one draft pick. For me, it's Christian Wilkins and Tyrell Williams. Uh, I don't know. What are their needs? And then receiver, D-line. I, I really like the Christian Wilkins pick. That's one that I've started to talk about a lot as a does need this Ballard year. really, like, does he go out? He's not going to overpay for people. No, he, he has to pay, though. They have, like, $102 million. Right. So, I mean, in, in, like, a perfect world, it would be, like, Trey Flowers and Christian Wilkins. Like, that's, I think, the best one of well, like someone who can actually get away. your whole defensive line that way. Or or they have Malik Hooker, so Landon Collins and mm-hmm. Christian Wilkins. Like, realistically, those things could happen. Yeah, it just it's so hard to tell, like, who's going to be there. I think a lot of these key free agents will get tagged. You just It's hard to let a pass rusher get through like Trey flowers is probably going to get tagged. D Ford's probably going to get tagged. So I don't think that those guys will realistically like be Grady there. Jarrett would be a great one, but he's going to get tagged. Right. I like the Christian Wilkins pick though. Yeah. If he's there and I, I really like what I've seen out of him so far. I think that will sure up their defense. And he's like a Ballard, you know, locker room type guy. He's going to come in. He's going to work his ass off. He's going to be a good leader. He's, he would fit in great here in Indy. Yeah, he would from Alex. B8S, I believe is what this is. If you could send one player from this year's draft class back to college, who would you choose and why? Tyree Jackson would be mine. I think that he is a guy who's maybe getting lost in the shuffle of this quarterback class because his stock started so low. If he would go back, look at Drew Locke last year, who was like a day three 
round three type guy. Then he goes back for his senior year. Now we're talking about him in the top 15 picks. I think if Tyree Jackson were to go back to school, maybe go the transfer route, then people are talking about him going into his fifth year. He goes through the season, plays well, probably in a Big Ten. Plays more consistently. Goes to the Senior Bowl, shows off his arm. His draft stock would shoot way up, and we would be talking about him as a first-round quarterback next year. That's a really good one. I hadn't thought about that, but I I like that as an option. Uh, I would pick little Jordan Humphrey. Not just being yeah. a Texas homer, yeah. but Sending he ran back. a high four seven. Four seven nine was one of his unofficial times. And I know that you can't like like you were saying, you you're just kind of fast, you're not fast. But man, like if you weren't already gonna be a day three pick, you can't go back to Texas and get faster. Go back and have great production. Go back and try to win yeah. something. Like you're be a bullet in a golf guy or yeah, something like you're that. You're coming out now to just like just to come out. And I understand sometimes these guys need the money. Yep. But not a fan of that one. And it's not like the 40 times snuck up on him. He no, we he, knew he was slow. He knew what he was going to run. Even at 4.79, you're timing that during training. You're going through everything. You maybe hit 4.6 a couple times. Thanks again to everyone who came out. Really, it meant a lot to us to see so many of the awesome uh, stickies out there. And, like, y'all got great beer, koozies. There were T-shirts given away. We played stick to football Jeopardy. <laughs> it was fun. Antho Oreo dominated. It was it's kind of sad for him though because he got the T-shirt and then we're like, you got to stop raising your hand. Yeah, we know you know all the answers, but come on, it's a little creepy. Um, Are Stills, Wilson, and Grant enough wide receiver for the Dolphins, or is a big body receiver needed? I think it. What happens with Devontae Parker if they trade him? If he's let go, then I do think you need a big body guy. And I I don't know what uh, Chad O'Shea's offense is necessarily going to look like. But I would think, yeah, you want someone with some size in there. Yeah, and you need another receiver. I, I, It does depend on what they do with Parker. But the thing that stands out to me about that question is how many fucking Dolphins fans were there last night? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the fourth or fifth draft on or draft Or how many questions. questions did they write down? <laughs> Jeez, yeah. <laughs> All right. From Dan Kiefer. Oh, this was for Connor. So uh, Connor's not with us. So where do you see yourself in five years? Um, probably still doing this podcast for me. Hopefully. Maybe even more regularly than yeah. usual. A daily. Stick to football daily in five years would be great. Or yeah, a, show. a show. Show would be fun. Um, hopefully Connor sees himself living a job on in five years. Number two, who are some early defense for Heisman candidates? These were all for Connor. So. Uh, Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit's a very, I think very good answer. That safety, you're going to have that opportunity to make some plays. Um, that's the one that stands out to me. There's, uh, I think, Terrell Lewis from Alabama, if healthy, the edge rusher, would be a really, like, he's going to be a hell of a player. Yeah. Uh, some of the corners, um, who's my guy from Alabama that I love? It's one Sertan. of those juniors. like Sertan <laughs> Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Defense for Heisman next year, it, it is going to be hard because there's not going to be, like, the great, like, all the pass rushers came out this year. So, yeah. Chase Young at Ohio State. Chase Young would be a good one. But, again, sack totals, we'll see what he can do. Uh, let me look through some of my list. Raekwon Davis at Alabama. Uh, oh, Dylan Moses, I think, is a oh, guy. Oh, Dylan Moses is a great That guy. linebacker, he has enough of a name just based off what he was able to do through recruiting and everything. He's got a name. He plays middle linebacker at Alabama if we're going defense for Heisman. I think he's a guy. Asante Samuel Jr., is a, he's my guy. That's right. I like him a lot. It's always confusing because there's Asante Samuel Jr., there's Stanford Samuel Jr., there's, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. 
Uh, but I, if you're making me pick, I'm going to say Grant Delpit. I like that. I'm going to go with Dylan Moses. That's a good one. Um, oh, I was looking at my computer for questions. Great there habit there. Colts wide receivers passed round three. You mentioned Deontay Johnson. Passed round three. Passed round three. Uh, our Sega Whiteside, I don't know if he had a very good weekend, so he might not be there round three. Antoine Wesley from NC State, I like. Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella. It's 4 3 1. Four, scary, three, scary Terry McLaren. I think that he could fit there. I mean, he he's another guy who went four three six unofficial. Yeah. Do you like Keyshawn Johnson from Fresno or KJ Johnson? What he goes by? I like. I, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I late. I would be all about a guy. Yeah, like that. pretty productive. He's he's one of those jack of all trade guys. I don't know that he's real fast. I don't. I don't know what his forty time is off the top of my head. But watching him, he's like he can do a little bit of everything. Pretty consistent hands. Yeah. We'll see if he can separate against guys that aren't, you know, Mountain West opponents. Here's the answer. Hunter Renfro. Yeah. I, guy catches everything. Really does. Are people overreacting on Devin Singletary with a slower 40 time? Kareem Hunt ran very similar from Christian Campbell. Um, I think because Kareem Hunt's game was power, you were okay with him running a 4-6. Like that yeah. was, and he was about agility. Devin Singletary is supposed to be a speed guy. I mean, right. he, he's very agile. I would have guessed him to be in the four fours. And then he comes out in the four sixes. I think that's disappointing. If he would have been in the four fives, I said, okay, that's slower than I thought, but it's not disappointing. Yeah. And four six, that's not very good for a guy whose tape looks incredibly different. And he's supposed to be like a oh, like a third down receiver or third down back. He never caught the ball in college. Yeah. But uh, apparently NFL teams have seen enough because they ask him to work out at receiver. That's true. That's a good point. But at like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, whatever he measured in at, I don't know. JQTV. DK second to the Niners, question <laughs> mark. People are just trying to get under my skin. That's all this is right now. All right, moving on. Thoughts on Tyree Jackson? Oh, Christian Campbell. We answered that one. So there we go. Booyah. Already knew it was Preemptively. Coming. At Raymond Vinegas. Spoons or forks? <laughs> That's the question. Spoons or forks? Uh, I'm going to say forks. I am too. Just the versatility. You can't really cut with a spoon. Yeah. And like, if yeah, you got to pick up meat, it's difficult. Yeah. I don't eat anything that is like just liquid. I, I don't eat a lot of soup. And honestly, I've eaten yogurt with a fork before. I've eaten cereal with a fork. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to read this. Okay, here we go. It's another Dolphins question. Is there anyone in the draft or free agency that could unseat Kiko at linebacker for the Dolphins in 2019 for cheap? Who would it be? So, I mean, like Vosan Joseph from Florida, Gary Johnson. Like, if you wanted to go day three linebacker, those are the kind of athletes that you would be looking at. Um, Mac Wilson from Alabama, but he's going to be in the second round. Jermaine Pratt from NC State is probably going to be in the second or third. I love Terrell Hanks. Trey Lamar is not a fit there. No. He just can't move. Did you say Jermaine Pratt? Yeah. David Long Jr.? Oh, West yeah, Virginia guy. One. Yeah, he's probably late third rounder. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Tevin who, Coney out of Notre Dame. I like him a little bit. JQTV. Who wins in a fight, Josh Rosen or Cliff Kingsbury? Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, we ran into Cliff Kingsbury. He's a little bigger than I thought. He's shorter and thicker than I thought. Yeah. He's, he's not a small guy. And Josh Rosen, we've talked about him he, the, with the narrow shoulders, the injury history. Right. He's probably never he's been He's never in a been in a fight. No, there's no way. Is Isaac Nata a UDFA now after his poor combine? 
don't think I don't so. think so either. I think he is definitely going to fall, but somebody I think would take a flyer on so him in six his or seven. pro day, he has a chance to undo this. The 491 for him was shockingly bad. Yeah, but it, if he can even get into the 48s, I think people will say, you know, okay, here's a draftable his three guy. His was bad. His short. I mean, he I saw him running yesterday through some of the drills and things that he were doing. He was doing. He didn't look good. It almost looked like he was stiff, like maybe he had some pulled muscles or something. But I, it didn't look good. I do think he still gets drafted. I do too, and I think he'll still be a good player. Like, yeah, because his tape is really good. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not just saying that because he was on the show. Like, whose measurements were you more surprised at, Ed Oliver or Devin Bush? I would say Ed Oliver. I mean, I was happy for Devin Bush that he had gotten up to like 5'10", 5'11", whatever it was. But the fact that Ed Oliver came in at almost six foot two and weighed two hundred eighty five pounds. We talked about it. And we talked about it earlier in this show. There, there were times we were really wondering did he even weigh two hundred and seventy pounds. So the right. fact that he comes in at that weight was really good for him. Devin Bush, 5'11", 234. That's a good size for him. It really is. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Ed Oliver being, and I think for Ed, it wasn't just the weight. Like that was great. Like we wanted to see, like you said, he's D line sized. But him coming in at six two surprised me. Yeah, me too. I'd heard from some people like, oh, he's gonna be like six foot. 270. It's so hard to tell with some of these colleges. I don't know how they measure guys or yeah. what they're trying to do, but they will be off by like two inches sometimes. No, I mean, I understand that. You know what shocked me the most about Ed Oliver? 31 inch arms, 31 yeah. and three quarter. That's really short. Yeah, it is. So I keep, yeah, I keep, I don't, there we go. Start cut. No, Dan Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at 13 for Miami, my God, Dolphin Show, Ed Oliver or Christian Wilkins? <laughs> Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, I yeah. guess. Yeah. All right. Those are all our questions. So, <laughs> my gosh. Dolphins fans, way to represent, man. What, did Tyler Warden just, like, mail in some of these? Did know he know happened. we were going to do it? Yeah, that is a lot of Dolphins I questions. remember talking to one Dolphins fan last night. I think he submitted six questions. Yeah, it was different handwriting, so I don't know how he did oh, that. Jesus. Yeah. Like, had all his friends write down for him. Uh, that's our show. Thank you again to the great people in Indianapolis. We are packing up to get out of town, get back to Missouri. And it, this was a really fun, productive week. I think a lot of the, for me, a lot of the things that happened at night, you guys are going to reap the benefits of yeah. throughout the, the next couple of months on the podcast. Especially when we do our next mock draft. I think there's a lot more intel there. Yeah. One week we'll do mock draft Mondays. Um, and then if you want, in two weeks, another meetup. We're going to be in Nashville at Honey Fire Barbecue at 7 o'clock, Thursday, March 14th. It's our spring break. We want to hang out with you guys. Come out there. And, and Melo, something we haven't talked about on the podcast, and I, I saved it for the end on purpose because I don't want to seem like grandstanding or anything. You and I are actually starting a radio show in Joplin, Missouri, uh, one week from yesterday it'll be on saturday morning so if you want a little bit more of mellow and i maybe some baseball talk more all sports talk i think is what we're in more sports less swearing yeah a lot less yeah the fcc won't let me be so we will be doing that every saturday morning from 10 a.m to noon central time uh, you can listen to it on the simple radio app we'll make it to where you can download it so check that out if you guys want to it's called mic'd up you can find it on our twitter uh instagram facebook wherever so thank you guys and we'll talk to you again uh wednesday morning what day is it i don't know what day it is connor and i'll be back wednesday morning 
recapping the all of the combine, giving you a ton of news, notes, and rumors. It's gonna be a great show. For Melo and Connor, Big Country, Jesse, thank you, Indy. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.